my heart is breaking because I now have to come down from the high that was Jock Mayer. Like I had such a good run. Like this is what happens when you hyperfixate. Like I got so invested in sports season and now it's over and I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. That's it. That's what happens. Like it's another what, like five, six months till the next AFL season, right? I think the trading week starts. I mean, you haven't fully engaged with the AFL media machine as much as I have. I would say I'm more invested in the fan accounts than I am in the media, although I have been indulging in a lot. They're doing the trades, which means that it's going to be a week or two of just complete and utter speculation <laughs> i just want to see Brody grunty make his debut at sydney yeah well tbc that's gonna happen i mean that's the speculation Reports. i love how they do the fan mock-ups like they've pulled the ai out yeah i saw in a comment someone was like how do they do this and another person was like oh this is old like how do you not know and i'm like i actually don't know and they're like photoshop <laughs> i mean uh, it's pretty easy to cut it out i guess i'm sure there's like probably a generator website afl guernsey generator i've officially bought a book called the boys club on kindle and it's about i love how you like i've officially bought it as if you don't own the hard copy no, on kindle. <laughs> you bought this ages ago I on kindle is what i'm saying <laughs> which has been which is is also got a is this a reread it. no so i never read it oh, first, you didn't read i didn't it. read it and now i don't have it in my possession i want to see behind the curtain you want to see how the sausage is made yeah it's such a bizarre sport because it's basically there's no regulation they don't have to compete with any other leagues or there's no external players it's all just like this self-contained sport and code so far what i've read it's pretty corrupt shit so i mean if you think about any kind of sporting league like there's so much more it's kind of like watching the wire where there's what you see is the consumer like you see the merchandise you see the franchise as it's presented to you but there's like the politics of it all there's the money of it all there's the you know even in the wire where they have that season where they show the journey from being a school kid all the way up into how you become part of the media or mm. how you become part of the law or whatever yeah, i feel like there's something warm and fuzzy to a lot of people about the old guard of like white men and just having this sort of sport that has no ramification it's almost like the world before pc culture came in and that's kind of what the afl is today where i would say that like it's starting to change though like not completely obviously now that we have the aflw like that was just not even part of the conversation up until recently and then like you know everyone that i've spoken to and i got on board this way as well as like the darcy moore character like that's kind of bringing in a newer yeah newer guard it all stems into the same the fact that this stuff works is a testament to how good they are doing it yeah but you would also remember that like it's entertainment like i think what darcy's doing is quite interesting because he's doing this really meta thing at the moment where he's posting things like that's show business or that's Hollywood baby like that is breaking the fourth wall of like what we're watching well that's the thing it's like it is very Truman Show vibes in a way it's very clever actually especially as someone that like has had the AFL around me my whole life but this is the only time that I've been like absolutely filled you know like I always mentioned the marketing of it all but like the fiction of it all and the folklore like that plays a big part in like me getting obsessive about things an example of that is like a mason cox like he's american americans are amazing at this like they know how to build a story they know how to play a role they know how to do hollywood obviously he got injured but the little goggles like makes him look like a superhero Mm. when they won the premiership he had his little american flag tied around his neck like a cape like he's got his little point that he does yeah like everything about him is like almost like a superhero you think about marvel stadium and the fact that marvel is the sponsor for the stadium yeah you know you think about disney and the franchises that exist when i was at the merch store buying my little badges this little kid behind me went up with his mom and he was like i want the mason cox badge 
And that was exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I grew up, I was pretty sport obsessed. Like only child, I was obsessed with sport. But it was kind of like my parents weren't super competitive. Like, you must be good at this. Like, but I just grew a fascination and love for basically all the sports. If you're talking mainstream sports, I never got into soccer that much. That's so weird because I did. And basketball. So I never got into basketball. That is so weird. Yeah. Because the only two sports I was really invested in as a young person was soccer and basketball. And that might have something to do with where we grew up. Up. Like obviously I yeah. had my younger years in Richmond, but growing up in the deep suburbs, like that was what was popular and Byron's in New South Wales on the border of Queensland. Yeah. Got really into tennis, cricket as two sports that I played. I got really into AFL, but always as a viewer, I hated the idea of being tackled. And then NRL was just peripheral and I just naturally got into that as a viewer. I wonder if it's because tennis and cricket are both summer sports. Yeah. It's also maybe because I'm an only child and they're like individual, like yeah, yeah, true. cricket's a team sport, but it's very based on the individual and well you, it's like how are you gonna play how are you gonna play these things by yourself yeah and you don't have to like collaborate the teamwork is different like afl it's very that you need two people to make it happen like one to carry it one to be tackled whereas mm. cricket's like there's a bowler and the batter and stuff but it's all so individual so there's something yeah. in that i think and tennis is tennis it's interesting to see the flywheel funnel continue because mm. I thought, you know, oh, the internet's going to change things, like da-da-da. But it's like, nope, this is just an age-old thing that people and young kids are going to be obsessed with these, like, superheroes. I saw this video, actually. I think it was on TikTok, and it was just, like, this little girl crying her eyes out because she idolized this one NFL player. And then her brother went up and was like, my sister loves you. Like, can you give her a hug or something? And then he goes over and, like, talking, she loses it. And I saw another one of this guy at the NHL, and one of the hockey players, like, flicked his puck up, and this kid caught it, losing his absolute mind because you know like i mean even thinking about yourself as a kid like that's how i felt about basketball i'm like oh my god jordan is like superhuman it's almost like the reason that sporting players if they reach that level of peak performance you know they basically get to act like children yeah it's the idea of of getting to play forever yeah and i reckon kids are like looking at that and there's this kind of weird symbiosis of like the kid looking at the sports person the sports person looking at the kid and it's kind of like i just want to be a kid forever but then there's all the people who don't make it (laughs) and then they have to become a publicist or a marketer within the league or some shit it's pretty interesting because when i was like deeply invested you made a joke you're just like into that smooth brain content hey and i was like that is exactly what it's like i feel like i don't have to overthink things when i'm just like engaging with sport content because one like we said with the hollywood of it all it's so high production because there's so much money involved like (laughs) i'm watching these little movies afl is the afl is crazy like that one show that we're watching the other day not the nrl as much the nrl is like a a different (laughs) Piece, but like pretty engaging like i watched very that. engaging there's just moments of complete oh my god i can't believe this is what they're using for the tech yeah that touch screen <laughs> moment at the final i was like this is not the tennis the cricket afl it's like this futuristic obsession yeah. with like ar there's ai hexagons, there's, there's yeah yeah there's, there's like 3d 3d like floating yeah <laughs> always the field is like part of the ar and yeah it's, it's like crazy interactive they're like truly the metaverse Actually, but like quick side note do you remember that billboard we saw in Melbourne the other day? Which one? When we came back from the festival and it was like a 3D corner and both of us were like, whoa, it's 3D. Oh, I think it was the McCrispy. Yeah, it just got us so easily. It's funny because your mum got really obsessed with watching <laughs> And then that we kind were like, oh. <laughs> Dude, She was like showing me on Instagram just like, oh my God, look at these like 3D out yeah. of home situations. And I was like, I mean, 
yeah cool yeah then you see it and you're like well i remember i had to do a trend report about like how people engage with that and i was like oh yeah like this is how they engage and then to actually see it and then also be part of that being like (laughs) oh wow i've seen a couple of things on linkedin recently where so imagine like a video of a car moving along right but Mm. the ar of the video is that there's like a big imagine like a vw beetle Mm. driving through driving through paris so it's all like a real video yeah but then attached to the car is like a big ginormous like like lipstick yeah but it's not real but it looks real because it's just a video and then it's like driving through the street and it's this huge thing and then you start to read it and you're like oh it's a maybelline ar and it's not even real and it's not real but it looks so real it's like good ar and it's just in public but is it ar or ai like ar like you know when they attach oh, with like a snapchat it looks so surreal but it looks like it's real at the same time it's really weird because they had that whole jacquemus campaign with big giant mini bags driving around for reels yeah so it's almost like people was that real that that was real. You sure? Yeah. Well, see, now I don't know. It's like the fake, I don't reckon, deep fake shit. I don't reckon it was real. Well, I don't know who was in Paris. No one. It was an AR filter. This is what I mean. I like, can't trust anything. I used to be very like, oh, no, this shit's not going to pop off. But now I'm like, it does make sense when a lot of the stuff that we consume is literally just video. Like half the shit. But we- this is the thing that will happen with like the whole digital fashion thing, right? So yeah. like, you know, think about the fabricants. How do you know that the influencer that you see wearing that is actually wearing that and it's not just a digital fashion? piece yeah like we don't know it's almost like if you're not pretending to the viewer that it is real like a movie you just like let your brain just trick itself and be like oh this is crazy and then that almost makes it better you're like oh that was pretty cool you know what it is i think i just cracked the code wow on air as well <laughs> all of this shit all this metaverse bullshit blah 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 it's like i feel like the thing that people don't want to interact with it is because it feels like they're being duped or lied to if we just all pretend and acknowledge that it's all just a bit of entertainment and it's a bit of fun then it kind of makes sense it's not like this thing is going to be like my life is completely changed it's just like a little moment in time it's just like a bit of visual stimulation i'm like that was fun what else as opposed to all these like tech bros on linkedin who are like this is going to change the world well, I think it's also just, yeah, like managing expectations of like what it all means. Because, you know, when you say something is going to change the world or it's kind of like that whole like pre-announce for the announcement, this song's going to be it and then it's not it. You know what I mean? Like it's just a lot of hype for yeah. hype's sake. I think what everyone's trying to do is predict the future all the time. And it's like, don't try and predict the future. Don't try and think that the world is going to be just dramatically changed. Like who would have thought that phones would be touchscreen or that? Yeah, but this is the thing, again, what we're saying about the whole like institution of sport or whatever it is the tech industry is like that too on one end you've got the ego of people that want to be Nostradamus and be like I said it first put my stake in the ground and like that's the reputation where you kind of want to like be a leader a thought leader and then on the other end it's like all anchored in money because everyone wants to like because hype and speculation attracts money because yeah it attracts money it attracts investors like you know I think that's what's really going on and then there's the trickle down effect of people participate in that and now or at Squid Games. Totally. So, you know. But yeah, I think coming back to sport and the AFL, we got to experience the real metaverse. I would like to say, just for anyone that is confused about Jock Mia, like I've explained that I do have a history in this and I've just let it back into my life. It's not just about AFL, it's about all sport. Sounds like you're saying Jock Jock Moose, but you're Jock Mia. Oh, I thought you were going to say (laughs) Jockovich. You know, a fair few episodes ago, like we did cover the tennis and stuff. This is nothing new, but maybe it is to some people that are like, what's going on? Obviously I had finals fever, but I've picked a new club. I've become like a diehard would support it like it i fell hard and i fell fast but i would say that like the feeling is 
relatable to being a literal child. Like mm. I have childlike joy because I'm seeing things for the first time with like an appreciation that I didn't let myself or was able to have before. So everything that I've been doing feels like the first time, particularly with a new club, because it's like, like as an example, I'm interested in like investing time in the NBA again. And then I've just been like looking at the Bulls because that's my legacy team. And it's just like, I even messaged my brother. I'm like, oh God, I'm just ready for heartbreak. Like, I don't know if I can handle it. Like, I don't want to re-enter the sport with a team that's like probably just not going to do well. Like all the feedback I've seen in the comments are just like, you've made no changes. This isn't looking good. And I think it's like, I, I don't know if I can leave that team because I was pretty fucking connected to them. Not like the Bombers. It's like the Bulls were that team for me. I don't know if I'm going to be like, my heart isn't going to swell the way it did falling for Collingwood for the first time. Mm. You know, like your first love is always going to be different to like rekindling an old love, mm. which is how I felt about the Bombers. I was like, I feel nothing. I never felt anything in the first place. And now I especially feel nothing, but like the way I feel about engaging with football now and the way I've like fallen for Collingwood is like, this is like being a child. And I, I didn't get encouraged to do that as mm. a kid. Like mm. I didn't get to go to games. I was not allowed to play anything outside of school. I remember I desperately wanted to do gymnastics because that's what all the girlies were doing. And I was not allowed because I had this obsession with being a cheerleader. I was like, gymnastics makes sense. Wasn't allowed. I think similar to you with the only child thing, my parents were quite scared of me getting hurt. They also didn't want to commit. They probably didn't have the money. Although my brother got to completely pursue his basketball thing. It's really interesting because like sport with me is there's moments where I'm obviously my team, I'm like, I want them to win. But even seeing my team lose in the grand final, but to see the spectacle, I genuinely actually don't care about winners and losers. And this is not like a kumbaya, like, you know, may the best team win. It's I think I get the most satisfaction out of seeing moments, whether it's my team or the other team. I like seeing the people get excited and I like seeing the heightened emotion and all that stuff but I personally am not like like even when I saw Collingwood win the other day I was like yes you beat my team but going through that ride was worth way more than if I saw my team win by 20 points I'm in it for the game to see all of you guys around me and see the whole pub and see like the commentators and everyone just lose their mind and then see the way that they build the narrative afterwards even in the cricket this year with the Ashes I was like like England basically came back out of nowhere to win that series mm. and it was like fairytale shit I was like I don't care if Australia wins like it doesn't affect me I just sit here and I'm like I just want to see the best thing happen and the most disappointing moments are when you just see a walkover and you're like so bored I mean I've been reading a lot of comments because I'm doing my market research but it's like you almost want to feel a little bit anxious you want those highs and lows you know what I mean it's yeah. like you want to feel like on the edge of your seat you're either gonna like explode with joy or you're gonna be absolutely heartbroken but you just want to feel something yeah and I think that's what that feeling is for sure yeah not that I'm a reporter but I think I've always had that curiosity of the peripheral of like what all of these industries not industries like what these scenes mean and like i think the same thing applies to music i've never been like oh my god i wish i was on stage but i love to see the the aura around yeah it. it's like the spectacle of it all yeah there's a commonality for me in all of that when i see diehard fans like those people at the pub who just like it's like they had had a couple of drinks and all of a sudden their like deepest darkest self was coming out and i was like whoa like this is scary like you're i think that, you're I mean, literally that... yelling at a tv right now well to me i mean us both being marketers the reason why we are marketers is because we're quite fascinated with human behavior yeah 
and the psychology of it all. And I think that when you're looking at something like sport and music, they hit such a mass audience that like you get to see the reactions that aren't necessarily, it's not like you're seeing one subjective reaction. You're seeing like a multitude of subjective reactions that then create a ripple effect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're seeing, it's like you're seeing culture at a big scale. Yeah. Like unify over something and then, yeah. and, like then I think, and then divide it simultaneously. Yeah. And I think that that's really fascinating. Yeah. I'm really obsessed with fan culture. Like I am a fan of a lot of things and like I get so deeply invested in stuff to the point of like getting heartbroken. You know, I obviously hyper fixate on stuff, but like if I love something, it's like I love it all the way and I'll love it until it's like dry and then it's like I'll find a new thing to love. Like there's so much love to give guys. But, you know, I think that as a fan, I love to see how other people express that. Yeah. And I think you have the same curiosity of like, again, it comes back to human behavior. Yeah, exactly. And it's like patriotism as well. Like so I find it really interesting when they are sort of forced to sing the national anthem and I'm watching them on TV and some people are singing and some people aren't. I'm like, then you zoom out and you're like, why are they even doing the national anthem? We haven't addressed it on the pod, even though it's obviously a big talking point in our lives, but vote yes, everybody. Just that's just, I just wanted to throw my two cents out there. It seems like an obvious one. Or vote no. I mean, do whatever you want. If you don't want to vote yes, but I'm a yes voter. I'm a yes voter. Like, I'm not saying anything other than what I'm saying, which is I'm not trying to be on the fence about it. Like, I have a clear position on what I think is the right thing to do. I'm not going to ever try to force that on anybody. Vote with your values. If your values say yes, then that's what you should vote for. I mean, obviously, we're preaching to the choir. Most people listening to this are going to be voting yes, probably. But I think if you're ever confused in any voting moment, what aligns most with your values is how I see it. Yeah, look, I'm never going to demonize anyone for having their opinions. Like, everyone has a stance but like i would say that if i was to endorse a particular vote that is what i'm endorsing yeah, hell vote, yeah yes hell yeah it's not to demonize anyone that doesn't naturally skew that way but like i just think particularly on this conversation you, you re- have to have a hardline stance there's only two options it's not like voting for a political party yeah the problem with the no campaign has been that they're much like everything that the liberal party does everything is built on fear they're literally running a fear campaign like i follow it pretty closely and their tagline is if you don't know vote no that's ridiculous because what that's doing is encouraging people to stay naive and stay ignorant and it's like if you're actually a good person you would say to someone oh if you don't know about this go just read about it for five minutes it's pretty sinister and quite clever because like yeah, you can't you can never <laughs> underestimate how lazy people are yeah like i was quite uneducated growing up because the time that it was in the place that i was you know the internet wasn't what it was today yeah. like it was quite difficult to become informed you know you're young and you're lazy i think it's smart in terms of if we're talking tactics because it's giving people permission if you put that message in front of someone like if you don't know vote no it's giving people permission to go all right i don't know so i'll vote no firstly it's lazy and secondly it's it's just stupid it's like well i think what also that reminds you of the whole thing with the philippines and like some of the tactics they use in other countries are pretty wild yeah like they'll do things like rank things in order on the voting sheet so that you know the assumption is that you just go one two three four five whatever and naturally people put number one in number one yeah and i think that like things like that there's greater forces like a strategy that they're using where they're saying vote no if you don't know if you didn't read that right you would just be like that means you're on the fence yeah if you're not across it it's almost like an order Mm. you know what i mean it almost like is a threat to someone who's impressionable they might go i don't know it's pretty sad that that might happen to some people and the other thing that i've thought about that is interesting is because it's a yes or no referendum it's not a checkbox you have to write yes or you have to write no like the 
word. And I'm thinking one of those words has less letters. Yeah. In a weird way, like that might also encourage no because it's less work. You know why that is? It's because it's in this like constitutional thing that is written into the law. You can't be like, oh, we're going to change it to a checkbox where it's a tick. They have to do like the right yes, right no thing. And I think yeah. that's like one of those little things where I'm like, there's probably like one or two percent of people that will just be like, ah, I can't be bothered doing three letters. I mean, this is the thing, like I said, about having a hardline stance on what I would do. I think it's important to have a clear position for yourself and communicate that position to any kind of platform or you're having any kind of discourse like the more that people that don't know that aren't educated or are lazy hear information the more likely that they'll want to pursue more knowledge they'll want to actually understand yeah and that's the best way to kind of spread the message it all comes back to empathy there is a portion of society that this would be very helpful to their lives this is why again it's sinister for the no campaign to say that stuff is because it's removing all the emotion and all the kind of real life stuff out of it and just being like just don't do it because it's scary and it's like you're actually letting down this whole portion of society who desperately need to get out of the scenario that they're in, which is, you know, basically the closing of the gap is like the biggest priority for all of this. So I mean, this does tie back to one thing I do really enjoy about, let's say the AFL as a sporting code is there is such a big, obviously it's taken a lot of time, but like they do the welcome to country before the game. There is a lot of Indigenous players, Bobby Hill getting the norm, Smith, that says so much. He didn't just get it by default either. It's like he actually was the best on ground. Like he played such a good game. I don't think that was tactical but i think having awareness of just like visibility as a starting point like the comments that i've seen about bobby were like he deserved this he is such a great player and it's not about him being indigenous but i think having an indigenous person that people really respect on a platform that reaches that many people yeah you know like having so many like indigenous communities playing football or any sport like i think it's just about platforming these people and because that's how you learn empathy as well it's like someone you know or someone that you see like you start to feel things and kind of go i feel something for this person yeah the integrity or whatever behind someone's eyes and their face and the example of the referendum it's like going into the poll and going just thinking about like a young person that maybe is not that invested in politics to go i've had to go do this vote i don't really care about politics in general yeah let's say you're a football fan and you just watch the grand final and you see Bobby Hill killing it, you see Charlie Cameron killing it, you see them as people, you're just going to draw associations Mm. to things and go, yeah, that is a human being that I think deserves to have equal rights. Therefore, instead of being lazy. I fully expect a huge portion of Australia, especially young, ignorant Australia, and it's not even their fault, they're just getting on with their lives, but they don't have the life experience to maybe have all the information. I hope that with enough of this stuff happening that they just lean in the positive direction. Because a lot of people are just going to default vote because they don't know and I hope the default for a lot of people is to just be like you know what let's just give it a chance I'm hoping and I actually I'm pretty confident like even though the polls were in early October and the polls have been pretty bad mm. so they say Listen. I don't trust the polls but the polls say that it's going to be a tough climb to mm. a yes but the I'm poll- confident you can never really tell with any of this because the polls are going to say what they're going to say the media is going to say whatever the fuck it's going to say like and they love who- the battle it's like sport yeah. the media loves the fact that this is a yes or no well it's another story you know we all watch Succession we saw like if you don't understand like you saw that episode and you kind of see what goes on behind the scenes i mean we know what the media landscape is like in australia yeah they love a bit of friction yeah exactly you know i'm quietly confident not in a way that's just dumb confidence i just think that the more 
you hear people like us talk about it in a way that isn't just geared towards negativity. I think it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more mm. people that are like psyched on it and just be like, you know what, this is going to be a great thing. I think that starts to like shift the mood. So, but yes. Yeah, exactly. My rebirth, I, I would say that like I'm a born again like a born again christian or whatever they say it's like i'm like a born again i mean you're born again christian pachaka yeah on track five i mean you showed me but i like wasn't aware and i'm like he really is the goodest boy when you got like content dancing with your nana in the kitchen like you are the goodest boy he even made those veal things we also ate them with josh jacos and some spawn content actually i did do a comment (laughs) i i I love to see Uh, you said we ate them with i'm like no no we did not eat food with any just to clarify whatever the rumors are saying we didn't have a meal with Josh Jacobs and Christian Petrarca. But anyways, I did say a comment actually. I want to go back to this because Christian Petrarca is like, because he's the goodest boy, he can also be like a brand slot. You know, when someone's like getting the bag, but you like them, it's like, go get your bag. It's like Charlie, you know, it's like, look, you want to do your dead eye Samsung content, do your thing, girl. Like I just, yeah. I'm here for you. But he did a Woolies spot the other day. And I was, I love reading the comments and everything. Like, I can't even remember what it was. It was something like, you'll do anything for a bag, hashtag sell out. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit I isn't can't it, isn't it like Woolies, it's like Woolies Metro as well it's like <laughs> it's like what do they call it Woolies Express <laughs> so bizarre Metro, Metro. he's like when I don't have the time I can go get my blah 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 in 30 minutes and I'm like this is so is it a milk run essentially milk yeah, run well, it's essentially milk run so I'm just like this is <laughs> when someone's like sponsored by pre-graded parmesan or something you're just like this can't be bad surely he's not a cold slot like Curtis Stone though the uh Lobro's not soda raspberry flavor i'm really fishing for a spawn here because this shit is fire and i just thought i'd drop it so when we post this we can tag it um, yeah low rose sponsor us because your drinks are good i mean i've been on the heaps normals because we've been going to the pub to watch these games yeah. and i'm like these are fire though don't you think yeah i'm pretty into them it's like a creamy soda flavor it's like a kombucha but they haven't got that like tang it's just like a it's like it's a, just a bit a, of a yummy it's a no sugar creaming soda so yeah, I'm into it. let's get that spawn machine cranking <laughs> for the uh, angel fire yeah whenever they do the um barry's non-alcoholic option like baz Lenka, if you're listening hit us up bang the line you know what i'm saying let's break it down let's so we went to the afl all right because you, okay, you've been like a supportive dad through this process right so oh, what <laughs> you've been like a supportive dad like you've supportive been... daddy no no but you like as someone that was like that's my handle the... supportive puppy it's a champagne puppy and then there's supportive puppy <laughs> okay yeah as someone that was like naying me supporting collingwood you still came along with me to open training. You still came along to the pub. You still came along to the parade. Like you've really just been there for me quietly supportive while I've been like spiraling into the descent of like toxic infatuation. But, yeah, like, just like my dad did. With yeah, yeah, he did that with you. Like he was a Tigers fan. He supported you all the way through with the Lions. Lions versus Tigers, Lions, Tigers, Bears, whatever. So I've been doing all the things for the first time, you know, worked in my first football game, like did all these things. And I was like, all right, I want to get invested. Like I want to go the grand final parade i want to go to the footy festival that they have outside the mcg or whatever so we did all of that we managed to get down there got there just in time like i remember just like getting in i was getting stressed out about like i don't know where they're going to be when like is there a live tracker like how am i going to know where the boys are mm. and then we managed to get into the city and just see them when the hiluxes pulled up yeah. and did the little like swan around the big screen i don't know where the lions were i think they were long gone yeah they were they had already done their round but we got there at just in 
time and you know first one I saw was Mason who by the way like he was the only one on his Hilocks everyone else had a buddy but he was yeah he's six foot eleven like he's no way he can fit two of I think those. he's six ten as per his Instagram handle he's six foot ten you can't fit more <laughs> than one six foot ten man into the back of you that's a classic rule or was that like a you're the only American you have to have your own Hilocks yeah everything's bigger in America though. bigger in Texas Mason did have his own the Dacos boys obviously had to share because they share everything poor things they never get their own space they always have to share Dugowie and Bruzzy were together so the bad boys together loving it I didn't actually see who was sitting with Darcy Moore I think it was the coach Fly pretty sure they put the coach and the captain together when he went past because we saw them at a different few different touch points like when they were crossing that bridge they kind of got stuck in traffic and then you know Dugowie was out there like posing for the cameras people were shouting out it was all great yeah I remember seeing his he had these kind of fluoro green glasses and I remember thinking are they the populistman ones but looked up later and they were off white so you know yeah man of the peoples and then we ended up seeing them again when we got closer to the football festival the footy festival yeah and it kind of like covered the whole outside of the mcg and it was very family friendly it was giving me sports carnival vibes yeah definitely for sure but more like brands <laughs> i mean what i loved seeing was actually the recycled mini slash extra large chemist warehouse from the tennis I think this one was bigger, actually. Yeah, it was like a mini chemist warehouse. People were frothing, though. Like, I heard people in the crowd be like, let's go to chemist warehouse. Like, they were so excited. to, And much like they were at the tennis, they were G'd up about going to the chemist warehouse on site as if they can't go to chemist warehouse any other day of the week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what you see these things. I mean, I just looked at my photos and it was a fucking, like, Ferris wheel. Yeah, just to, like, see this world, this, like, little world be built and then to see these, like, real-life simulated stores and even like giving away the free sunscreen it's just, oh it's man just... it was the same as the tennis the free sunscreen it's a really was it that brand was yeah it, it was the rush what else are they doing? So there was a couple of other stands. There was a Pepsi is doing a creaming soda flavor. And I saw that they had a Americana like 50s. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Trailer. They were doing shakes and stuff. Like, yeah, they're um, doing spiders. Spi- they're doing spiders and they weren't free. They were $8. And then I saw this guy. It was kind of weird. He was giving away, you know, when you like do drink like cough medicine out of yeah. like, the little lid, all these people just sipping out of these lids. And then he was pouring samples of creaming soda Pepsi into the little shot glasses. I mean, that's way too confronting being next to the chemist warehouse activation because yeah, it was like, it's kind of like suzerb. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, it was like medicine. And he was like, and I was like, it wasn't free. And then you turn around, there's like a solo zero activation where you had to like count. Did you see that? No, but I was like, you're okay, such so a I, simp for solo zero. I am. So you were buying your merch and I was like, I'm just going to go and go for a walk. And <laughs> at this point I was getting seriously heat stroked. Like I was starting <laughs> to feel the effects of not having much food, wearing too many clothes and the heat was like rare. It was like, boom, I'm getting sunstroke. And then there was a giant bottle. No, it must've been a can. Could have been a bottle. It was like a giant, <laughs> let's just say it was a can and it was full of solo zeros. Like, you know, they could have been like caricature size, but there was full of them and it was, you had to guess how many were in there to win some prize and then they were also giving them away free but you had to like scan your details into this thing and i was like this is crazy how much data they're collecting just for a free drink and i was like i'm not doing that then i ran off and in the distance this like mirage i saw a giant mcdonald's french fry building but it was was on its side like it was was like yeah, 
could enter, which enter is how, the chips. Which is how you sit a McDonald's French fry packet on a table. Yeah. On a side. Imagine true. that. It wasn't inflatable. It was like a proper room. I like went around that was selling just medium sized McDonald's French fries in this giant McDonald's French fry packet. And there was 30 employees and they just had, <laughs> they were just cranking out French fries. And I heard this like mom be like, they're only doing French fries medium. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is genius because I don't have. I was like, if you set one of these up in the city, it would go off. Like people, dude, would... I don't know why they have this as an always-on activation. And I, at this point, I was fiending for a fucking Coke Zero. That's what I wanted, which I found, and it was warm. You know what? This is like going Some... to the Melbourne show. That's pretty much what we were at. Yeah, there were little runts everywhere, like little bastards just like climbing on trees and throwing balls at each other. And... I mean, I was one of these little bastards. <laughs> No, the real tea was like, because we're at the Collingwood Brisbane event, basically. I did see a toothless, like a truly toothless Collingwood fan. Well, that's the trope. And I'm not going to lie, I've seen several, but there is like, again, the old guard and the new. Where are the teeth? I don't know what this trope is. These guys are like not that old. They're like maybe like in their 40s. And their well, look, teeth are I like don't old. know. I don't know. Okay. Like, I'm focused on the new generation. I'm not looking backwards. I'm looking forwards. It's sweeping season, baby. I mean, look, if we're going to, I don't know if this is potty mouth talk or what's going on here, but I will say that. The Brisbane fans, the old guard is like the Fitzroy fans. And then the even older guard on the other side would be the Brisbane Bear fans. But this new generation of Brisbane fans that I was seeing, they always wear a polo shirt merch. 100%. It's always a hat, scarf, polo shirt specific. And it reminds me of what you said you saw at the Qantas Lounge in Brisbane. Yeah, exactly. It was like big Queensland energy. Like they've done the expedition from Brisbane. They're here with the fam. Oakley's, but non-ironically. Yeah, all those Ray-Bans, they're not Wayfarer but they're like a different kind of shape and they're like blue metallic. I remember getting a couple of pairs of these at an activation for like Sunglass Hut once. Remember we had them? We flipped them on eBay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That vibe. Maybe worn on the back of your neck upside down. That's the general energy. Yeah, I saw a lot of those kind of crawling around the city and a lot of miscellaneous Collingwood fans as well. But pretty interesting, like full-on family-friendly event. This is what I'm saying about them onboarding kids. I mean, who was it? It could have been on Mason's pod, but they were talking about how, you know, the more that kids play for football at a young age they like become onboarded as fans for life as a marketer it sounds sinister but it's like you're not actually meant to market to children you know people had that uproar when it, those little toys at Woolworths happened remember those little toys yeah the ones that are like mini groceries and everyone's like this is marketing to children I'm like bro <laughs> you're getting marketed to at all times as a kid that's what those little sunscreens look like yeah they do and that's the thing you know there are things that get a pass yeah. because you're enjoying it but then you're an adult and you're looking at it and you're like oh my god it's so small and I'm huge so it's like (laughs) still novelty it's like it's all just fucking none of this stuff doesn't work it all works it's all just everyone's just like g'd up about free shit yeah I know people love it well okay so at that point I think you were like I'm gonna go get a drink yeah slash I need to get out of the sun and I was like longest line ever for the little like pop-up merch store but I was committed and I'm like I need to get my badges for my scarf because I bought a vintage scarf of course I did I found this one that looks more like a British soccer scarf football or whatever it's this old Collingwood scarf from the 90s and I was like all right it's a band logo now because it's got an Aussie flag on there and the magpie's tail covers the flag and I was like you know I need to cover the whole flag like I don't want this I like the scarf but I was like I don't like this part so I was like I'm gonna get my badges and I need to pick my players and I was in this line for ages and I was analyzing the crowd I actually saw a couple of Hawthorne fans in there which my family are Hawthorne fans and I was like what this is telling me based on the families that I was seeing was you moved here in the 80s because that's when the Hawks were dominating and that's why both my parents apparently my mom has now confirmed that she 
used to go for Hawthorne was because they were always winning at that era. And my brother switched over because, again, they were winning in the 2010s or whatever it was. And he was like, apparently, he was just following the family. I have told my mum, I did see her the other day, and I was like, look, it's not too late to make a change. If you're looking for winners, Collingwood just won. So who knows which way she'll swing. But anyways, I was in this line. I'm kind of just analysing the people that are around. I finally get to the front. Like, there's this girly working. And I was like, all right, this is my girl. Like, I was like, all right, I'm picking my players. I was like, obviously, I'm going to get Coxie. So that was like, no brainer. I was like, I'm going to get Bruzzy. That's a no brainer. Obviously, I need to get the Dacos boys. And then I was like, I want to get Quaino. And then I was like, I would like to get Markov. You know, these are kind of the ones that I picked. And she didn't give me Oleg's. Oleg, Oleg. I don't know what happened there, but I don't have it. So I need to go and get it because I think he has the best tattoos in the league. But uh, I did get all of the others. But I will say that when she went, there's the way they've organized these badges, it's like they're really giving the staff a hard time here. Like they're in these little Ziploc bags shoved into another box over there. There's like, I don't know what the organization is. I don't even know how they're looking for them. And you also need to know the players in order to find these because I don't know if they're in alphabetical order or anything. She comes back, she looks devastated and she's like, oh my God, we're out of Nick Dacos. A little bit of my heart broke because I was like, I can't just get Josh Dacos without Nick Dacos. They don't exist without the other. But I was really understanding about it. I was like, I'm not going to create a scene. So I was like, that's okay. And she like went back and looked and she's like, oh, Oh my God, I found one. There's one last Nick Jacobs badge and she gave it to me and I was stoked and she was so happy. And then that happened. No, I've got it. But another interesting thing was, again, like I mentioned earlier, there was like a young boy behind me with his mom. He was like, I want to get a badge. I eavesdropped and he was like, only bought one badge. And he's like, I want Mason Cox. And I was like, there you go. Superhero thing works. So there, there you have it. So that's what happened. And then we kind of walked around, did our thing. We kind of sat in the shade near the entrance and kind of watched some of the VIPs, you know, going in for their whatever kind of special members thing that we're going to. The real tea is that we had to then move from this festival to a second festival in, well, the, that's same, the, thing. in the same day. And it was really hot. It was really hot. It was nice. It was just unexpected. So we kind of were dressed for a 15 hour day because we were not going home. No. And then off we trekked to fucking where? Swarsby. Like way out of Melbourne into well, to not, listen out. Well, it's not that way out because it's not that far from my parents' house, but essentially. No, for the we deep east and suburbs. <laughs> it was a long way away to go to a festival. Well, we had you... to go to Ringwood Station, just FYI. Yeah. It was actually smooth in the end, but I was... Well, it's the Lily... I think it's the Lilydale slash Belgrave line. Yeah. The interesting thing about that was because we walked to... Well, actually, before we even did that, we had to make a decision. Are we going back into the city or are we going to go to Richmond? Went to Richmond, but because all this stuff is happening, it's popping off on Swan Street. Everywhere is pumping, and I forgot that it was a public holiday. Went to Fishbowl because, you know, after the tennis this year, I finally got the Fishbowl thing, much like the whole, like, seeing things for the first time. It's like I never realised how good Fishbowl was. So we went to Fishbowl, and then we were like, we need to like get our sustenance Love up. fishbowl. It's so good. Also, if you want to spawn anyone, chuck us a spawn fishbowl. We are advocates. Went on this train line and I was like, all right, here we go. We're going out to the deep suburbs from Richmond Station, which was, you know, my childhood station. My actual childhood station was Burnley, which I kept pointing when we went past, I was like, it looked exactly like it did when I was a kid. And then I also went past Glen Ferry Station, which is where my first uni was because I went to swim in Hawthorne. So, you know, the trip down memory lane, all of a sudden we're in 
well not all of a sudden quite a while later <laughs> we're now at ringwood eastland's looking different i mean dan andrews r.i.p dan who has now left the game we forgot to mention it last time but he is exit politics perfectly timed to when the afl is happening and can drown out the noise you know he did get the above ground stations <laughs> popping all right let's turn let's turn on track here we can't <laughs> but i'm just saying it's like it was it looks yeah, like a different dan place is gone we're on the way to listen out yeah but like i'm just saying like all he the really, key moments from the train really, like, there were a few okay you really just letting me nah, nah, dan dan couldn't wait till next week Ugh, it's not gonna matter <laughs> next week he's gonna be long gone he's gonna be on his bali trip by then <laughs> anyway yeah yeah we're at Eastland Shopping Centre and I'm like, oh God, what's this going to be? We're in the wrong fucking bus lane, first of all. It goes right. train to the station and then you have to get a bus to the venue. Yeah, well, what I the loved shuttle. about this though is because like the suburbs operates on buses, right? There's the Grandes bus line and then there's the Ventura buses and they actually utilise the Ventura, the Eastern suburbs use the blue Ventura buses and they utilise the Ventura bus system, which made it really efficient because they know their way around these streets. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just like a random private bus that like is guessing their way through whatever these guys are efficient and like the flow of the transport was so flawless yeah and it was like such a seamless experience i was like dreading the transport but they really like nailed it so then we got on this bus and then all of a sudden we're in the fucking east and freeway where i'm like i'm really going to my parents house yeah now. like still everything still took a while but it wasn't like waiting around or anything it was just... well it's funny because when we got off the freeway and i've been here before because there's one particular trash and treasure out in the eastern suburbs that's lit so i've been here before and i remember seeing them before but if you hadn't been out there you would have been surprised to see there are goats on the side of the freeway yeah, literal goats there were so many of them six goats just like next to the freeway just chilling so that was interesting we pull up to caribbean gardens which you know i went there as a young girl if you grew up around the eastern suburbs or anywhere in the southeast you would know about caribbean gardens that's where you would buy your like burnt dvds bootleg playstation games pokemon cards all that shit i don't know if it's i don't think it is operational anymore but essentially this was the venue they still had the little mushroom style like i don't know what they're what you call them they were little seat slash shade yeah situation but like gotta say they did a really good job with the layout yeah i had a much better time at listen out than i did at laneway in terms of the flow of the event layout was better lineup was better i think because laneway was the first time they did at that venue just didn't have the cohesion these are assumptions but flemington is a known venue for these types of events and i would also assume that there's a lot of red tape because they like to do things a certain way yeah so there probably wouldn't be as much flexibility with where you can activate what you can activate how you go about it they'd be like yeah. this is you our can't inject your own personality maybe as much yeah exactly they, know they have the way that they do things whereas caribbean gardens felt it was lush there was lots of shade i don't know it just felt like the right size and i don't know the lineup was really good the thing is with the crowd as well it's like you know that everyone there is going to get on it so it's like a consistent everyone's getting pretty fucked up whereas laneway you kind of got an awkward mix of like you know indie soft girls who are just there to see like some guitar music and then you've got some like hardcore dudes who are there to see the bands and then you've got like the seasoning of electronic music whereas listen arts kind of appeals to like electronic and hip-hop and that's kind of it and you don't get much in between which i liked that's the shit that i like it was definitely and we weren't even getting lit we were just like there to like see the acts i was there to see ice spice uzi skrillex Kenny Beats, who we saw. We saw them all. I know, we JPEG, saw all of them. No clashes. A oh, little clash at the end. There's a little clash, but you know what? Because we... <sighs> 
not like to brag, but like we did have these VIP tickets. I loved the VIP area where they had this raised platform. Yeah. We got this full POV where it was a great view of the stage. There was enough space for everybody. And then you could even see over the crowd to the other stage. You couldn't see much on there, but you could also hear it. So it's like, you know, when Uzi was on and then Fortet was playing, there were points where I could kind of still hear Fortet set in between songs. And then when Skrillex had started and Uzi was still going, I could still hear some elements of Skrillex's set. So I thought that was just like a nice... Yeah, and they were far enough away, but not so far that it was... It wasn't a punish to get between stages. You know, you just come out of some things and you're like, you know what? That was a good experience. Yeah. I mean, people were definitely like on it. I never felt like it really clashed with my vibe. It was just like only when I like got right into the mosh did people like start shoving me and there was a lot of shirtless. And And the weather was also hot. So like people couldn't wait to get their shirts off. Yeah. And we got to see Ice Spice, which was like a very lit 25 minutes. Yeah. It was a very short (laughs) set. Like that's all that's all you need yeah like i didn't need much more than that. i'm not gonna lie like i loved uzi's set but it went for so long like it was kind of yeah. like he has so many songs but like the set was i think in comparison to ice spice i was like damn this set is just so long he's there to create a world doing the travis thing where he's kind mm. of raging which i liked i, I like because he has perform- he has so many hits he does i like this performance much better than i did the one at the forum because i think that that festival environment allowed him to really get people excited and he was so connected to the crowd like he, well, didn't, he didn't have to be well there was that guy that like he put the mic to him and then he ended up jumping off stage and giving him a hug which yeah. definitely made that guy's day but another thing i'll also say is like the eastern suburbs the deep deep suburbs like that's a very alternative crowd and like you could really see that in i would say like a majority of people were definitely there to see uzi yeah and like there were people wearing the merch and like the way that they were like invested is very reflective of the old community in the eastern suburbs yeah we saw sort of some confirmed jpeg weebs oh well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I think now that our eyes opened, we were like, oh, the people have copped the merch and they like, there was some dude who was playing Pokemon Go wearing a JPEG shirt, like side-eyeing every girl that was near him. And I was like, you are the trope. That's the trope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saw confirmed. Saint. Then, Kenny Beats. Uh, was that Kenny Beats or was that Loud Pop? Yeah, Kenny Beats. Like he started his set with the Freddie Mercury like call that he does. He's like, yeah. Just so daggy. But he played a decent set. Like vibey. Kenny Beats' whole MO is to just be everyone's best friend. Yeah. And he pulls it off. Like he's almost like playing like a party DJ set. Yeah. He knows. He yeah, knows he knows what he's, what he's doing. But you know, there were some interesting points in that set. Like, first of all, I was like, oh my God, he's wearing a magpie shirt. And I was like, he's picked a side. I'm here for it. So there was that. Then there was like the weird graphics where he's like, he was pandering so much to the Australian thing and trying to be down. He even had like some graphics that were like surfing, like for, with no context, just like people surfing. And I was like, this just is so like- Random. Kenny's idea of Australia. Yeah, in, yeah. In video form. <laughs> Did he play Fisher at one point? Yeah, he played the Fisher song. I don't know. He just played this like very random no. sort of songs. He played Darude Sandstorm at one point. I was like, this is too far. Like hot, like bass remix. Though. Yeah, yeah. And he played the fucking Uzi song, which I thought was quite rude. Yeah, Darude. We saw Ice. It was the only time we like went into the crowd and stood there and kind of dealt with the crowd rush. I mean, we went in a little bit for others, but hers we went all the way. Just had to see it and she shaked her butt like she was just killing it i mean some dudes that were standing next to me were being pretty fucking weird like she's really just out there like twerking if you add like high and drunk dudes to the mix it is inevitable that you're gonna experience yeah, that. Is... <laughs> like we're really in 2023 like i reckon if you did this a big day out i kind of like how brave she is to just be like you know what i'm just gonna do this in every yeah, country she's just owning it i love it every but... country she goes to she just does the same thing and it's like why not no she's sick i mean ebony was djing the transition 
bangs between acts and she played a lot of like the girly bangers and the girlies man they knew all the lyrics i think she like they read yeah they just like were really just singing along rapping along knew all the words knew all the dances they were popping off so it was really nice to see the diehards out i mean i felt like i was surrounded by girlies and then shirtless dudes so that's kind of what was going on yeah pretty happy with her set who else did we see oh so when uzi like he was still going and people were kind of doing that thing where they were like all right they're either going to go home after this because they're like i want to avoid much like it falls we are kind of like i need to get home somehow they're like gonna mass exodus leave the vessel or they're like busting to run over to Skrillex but they yeah. want to hear the song and surprisingly he plays Just Wanna Rock and it goes off and then it's sort of like it's done everyone's like had the moment and then I'm expecting everyone to just like run out of the festival and get a bus and go because I'm like no everyone runs to Skrillex it was like, crazy like in we like were a in a rush. stampede stampede of we like, were also part of this stampede stampede of cooked listen out attendees I was like relieved I was like thank god everyone's like staying and then I was kind of like this makes sense this is still the festival and people don't want to just leave yeah they don't want to leave the festival but also skrillex would have i swear at one point no he did he said this one's for my melbourne bounce like crew <laughs> and i was like holy shit that's yeah. so true because in the deep suburbs particularly that era like melbourne bounce was huge like little sparks joel fletcher like that was like a house party kind of era and skrillex was part of that too so i'm not surprised but you know we had to leave a bit earlier because seeing how many people there were it was like even if they have this city flow of buses because you could see all the buses pulling up even then i was like they're not gonna fit when we did exodus though there were still a lot of people behind but when we were running to like go catch the bus there was a lot of people going towards the buses which we were lucky that we left when we did because it wasn't too hectic like our bus was like half full and first we tried to go into the Glen waverly line because i was like that'll be more chill there was less buses going there and it was way more turbo so i was like fuck that ended up going back to ringwood or whatever but like detour left to go towards the buses or you could detour right towards the taxi ranks and there was way more people going to the taxis than there were going to the buses which probably I just going to the area that they're in. well that's what i figured i figured people are either getting picked up by their parents or they're catching ubers or taxis because they're from the burbs yeah. which i think was a strategic move to bring it out to the suburbs yeah. based on like where tickets are moving success success, success. i would give listen out 2023 an eight and a half wow eight and a half yeah. Oh, yeah like i'd probably say an eight like i had a really good time and, and we, like, also, uh, we didn't eat any food there yeah and that was it well we had fishbowl that's why we didn't eat anything there we'd feel good I i'm guess. not gonna lie every fucking festival it's like the only thing i eat is chips because i'm like i just want to kind of get value i just want to get full and i don't want to feel sick and anytime i try to get anything else it's always such a flop that i'm like no nah. but yeah so fast forward 12 hours into the future well then it's it the grand, grand final, final. i was quite nervous like we ended up doing a little you know obviously we're a divided household but i have matured as a sports fan and this is why i'm allowed to engage again because a younger me would be an absolute menace and i would be potty mouthing my way through burning all the bridges alienating myself from family and friends i kept it humble this year i wasn't provoking anyone i wasn't being an antagonist i was just chilling and we decided to go get some food went down to all of welcome had some food went down to holy sugar which new favorite spot if you head down to northcote my god that lemon meringue that passion fruit thing that we had lit so definitely head down there if you like a little sweetie did that all right we've got to head down to the pub yeah bit of a rush to which pub we're going to go to because we did not make a booking because last time we made a booking we got stuck with this tv that didn't have audio and it was just a shit show so we're kind of like let's just take our chances fortunately 
Finally, Tom had scoped the area. We managed to get a table at the back, absolutely covered with like pollen. I weathered the storm, took my hay fever tablets and did it for the game. Some lady was like, oh my God, there was some kind of malfunction that happened at the Great Northern. So their power was out. Yeah. So they were going to have like all these people like displaced. Apparently at some point it got fixed. So that was all good. But yeah, I watched the game. Fucking crazy game. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to replay it word by word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best. One of the best games of AFL you'd ever watch. Yeah. It let was alone a like, final. And it was. It yeah. was neck and neck the whole time. I was like on it's, the edge of my seat. It is. I find it interesting how hard it is to summarize. Like even to hear the commentators and stuff. You're like when something is that good, it almost leaves people speechless. Because you're just like, I can't even explain how good that was or you know, there's no way you can summarize it. You know, it was just one of those days where you're like, wow, we just watched this happen. Well, I think it's like because you're constantly peaking. It's like, it was <laughs> yeah. so quick as well. It was just like someone scores, another one scores, another one scores, something crazy is happening. And it's just like, hi, 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 until the very end. And then like, there was a winner. Till the very end, I had no idea which way it was going to swing. Yeah. There was a point where you had conceded. You're like doing that talk that you do when it's like. Yeah, I was just like, it's, it can't be. There's no way it can change from here. And then all of a sudden, Brisbane kicks a goal back and it was just oh. back within four points. And now I'm like getting excited again. And I'm like, shit. And yeah, then... and then you won it again. I did feel a bit like I was sabotaged in the place that we were because I was surrounded by Brisbane fans, yeah. apparently. There was a few Collingwood fans there. Definitely but... Fitzroy, yeah, Fitzroy heavy. I was Fitzroy surprised. heavy plus like probably tourists. The, probably, it was very rare. I didn't expect to be around that many Well, I, what I assumed was that most of the Magpie Army were at the G. I had a few friends that were at the G, specifically Alex and Kev, who are lifers with Collingwood and... And I think they just had the best fucking day ever. Alex sent me a photo afterwards just being like, my dad is crying. And I was like, that is very cute. <laughs> I was... can't wait to yeah. have that same experience because I'm like seconds away from buying a membership. So that's what's going on. Great game. Love to win, but not going to gloat. Yeah. I'm just trying to Congrats. keep it humble. Congrats. Yeah, it feels good. That's what good. I'm saying. You know, good game is all I want to see. I just wanted to quickly touch on the NRL grand finals because if we're talking about a fucking crazy game. That game was wild. I naturally went for the Penrith Panthers, but you were going for Brisbane just no, yeah, by default. No, I wasn't. You weren't going for them at all. No. <laughs> I just assumed that you were like Brisbane, Brisbane. Little, little known fact, I wasn't going for Brisbane. I actually had no interest in who won. Well, there you go. <laughs> My brother messaged me being like, Harry's having a hard week because of the double prison nah, loss. I go for the Dolphins. I like Penrith. I actually kind of was going for them because I like the team. They're a strong team. I mean, I've never been invested. Obviously, you were watching it a lot when we were in Sydney. I feel nothing for the Broncos. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, what's his face? Walsh from the Broncos, like Bailey Smith of the yeah. NRL. That game was insane because was I was like. another insane game. Well, I was like, Brisbane has got this. Like, there was no way the Penrith Panthers were going to come back. And then from McCleary comes out of nowhere and just goes, absolutely absolutely dummy and wins it for them and i was like wow so yeah like two finals for the history books yeah it was pretty crazy insanity crazy times i just wanted to shout out video steezy on instagram our friend tom now that i'm such a sports head he made me a specific recommendations list for films really iconic sport films so if you ever get a chance check out video steezy on instagram he's always got the plug for good films to watch so hell yeah just wanted to say that but yeah back to the crazy news of the week the one that really stood out to me was the emotional support alligator yeah you love this one i love that because i don't have an emotional support animal but i've got my emotional support squishes and i've experienced this before when we're coming back from the philippines i don't know why but i brought my extra large squishmallow lex lexi the cheetah which i found out actually through some kind of content that just popped up on my feed that apparently cheetahs are actually 
quite anxious as animals and especially if they're in zoos they're like quite anxious so a lot of the time they get given an emotional support dog like a little labrador or a golden retriever but i always get confused might have been a lab but they get a little puppy friend as they're growing up and i saw this one little gallery of like a cheetah and a pup that have been like besties and i thought that was really sweet and i was like how weird that i've got this squishmallow that is a cheetah which is supposed to help me with my anxiety but it also has anxiety so i don't know who's helping who but anyways one time when we're coming back quanta on Qantas. Quanta. On Qantas. And I remember we had to go on one of those little planes. I don't know. There was some reason that we're like, you've got to go on this little plane. And they were like, you can't have three bags or something. I think it was maybe two bags. And I was like, well, oh, what? yeah. This is when you were like, going to get into some kind of like fisty cuffs with the. <laughs> He's like, the flight you like attendant. saw red, the flight attendant. Yeah, but- he was just like abiding by the rules. And yeah, but like- I was like, this whole bag is full of one giant squishmallow that I need as my emotional support yeah, squish. Yeah, because ears. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm not you checking the it underbite. in. You have the underbite. You're ready to like headbutt this guy. Anyways, I managed to get the squish on the plane. And like, I just felt like you don't really understand what this is doing for me. Like, this is not just another bag. It's a bag with like my whole emotional support now work in it so anyways i've experienced this kind of prejudice before you saw an article about an alligator i saw a headline well a headline do not read further than <laughs> the picture and the headline which is man not allowed into theme park with emotional support alligator <laughs> I mean, fair enough that if it's a live alligator. That reminds me of that episode of Atlanta where he's got the alligator in the house. Look, this is in the territory of people who like identify as like a cat. We're not at the point in society yet where you can just rock up to a theme park and be like, what? Like, it's my emotional support alligator. It's like, no, that's objectively crazy. That's objectively crazy. Like, you can't. Well, it's like, yeah, it might, if it's, is it emotional support if it eats a child? Fiona sent me a quote. She's equally fascinated by the story. He was like, but it's never bitten anyone. That was his rationale. <laughs> and I'm wondering... Was like, it wearing a muzzle? What's my, was my question in my head. I imagine it probably has like a strong kind of harness leash attachment, like probably under the two front arms. <laughs> I don't know, Peter Pan or some shit where they could have got it to stand up on its two back feet or legs. I hate that. I hate when animals do that shit. <laughs> I don't like when animals have human characteristics. It freaks me out. It's like the bear on TikTok or whatever. It was like standing up. They're like, it's a human in a bear suit. And I was like, oh, it has like the saggiest butt. And I was like, this is, this is a real bear, guys. And it's... it's freaking me out that's weird because you love monkeys and so many of these monkey videos i'm like oh my god they're so human like, yeah they're, they're, human not, they're sort of doing monkey like traits like they're still very like monkey energy whereas he likes to keep the species segregated i hate the idea <laughs> of an alligator standing up on two feet it freaks me <laughs> the fuck out but what if it's a little alligator no 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 none of that because you have you seen that one of the little the little tiny i showed it to you the mini tiny like crocodile alligator where it's like if you're being mean to me this is what you're being mean to i think it ties into this whole thing where animals don't have that like rational brain if you were to like get up on your feet and start going me it's like i can't talk you out of it and then i'm kind of scared. and also I think you're I'm, at eye level now i think i'm just scared of the like simpsons episode where the dolphins like take over mm. and they like, kill everyone i'm like i don't want to see this not in my life mm, interesting well yeah. yeah just for that guy and the alligator but the real question is how did it get to the news like, how did this leak? Like, I mean, it could have been a situation where, you know, I just imagined the process would be someone else was there watching this, like, 
altercation between the alligator owner and the guard at the front gate and they were like leaked it and then came a story having had an alien story of my own it's like crazy how quickly this news can spread yeah everyone loves the story yeah exactly so you know it is what it is actually another thing i did see was i don't know if everyone is aware that koalas have pouches like kangaroos in case anyone isn't aware they actually have a little pouch and a baby koala is in there much like a kangaroo which begs the question like do all Australian animals have a pouch. I think it's a marsupial trait. Is it a marsupial specific? Because I was like, does a wombat have a pouch? I don't know. I've never looked. If a wombat is a marsupial, then I think it probably is. What is a marsupial specifically? Great question. Like I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like these. These are the questions. I'm like. I think maybe marsupials might be warm-blooded as well. Something to do with blood and like staying up at night. And does a bat have a pouch? I think a bat has a pouch. See, I don't know. Or is it like Australian specific marsupials? it's like when you say the word spoon too many times and you're like, what is a spoon? spoon. That is kind of like how I'm feeling about marsupial now. I'm like, what spoon. is a marsupial? Members of the mammalian, I don't know. Oh, no, there's really no defining characters that are like obvious to me right now. Oh no, it is. There you go. It is animals that have a pouch. Boom. Wait, so now we only know which ones are marsupials if we know they have a pouch. Koalas, Tasmanian devils, kangaroos. Okay, that's three wombats, Australian. Wallabies. Four. And, Five. Oh my God. And bandicoots. Are they all Australian? No, but they all have pouches. Okay, but like the percentage it's not of Australians specific to Australia. That, it's not specific. specific to Australia, though, how many of the what is the strike rate there? It says they're in America, South America, and Australia. I'm trying and to Indonesia. connect the dog. A lot of those are Australian animals. Yeah, a lot of them are. Dominant marsupial community here in Australia. Actually, on the final topic of Australian news, Kellogg's has rebranded. Kellanova. Kellanova. It's kind of bizarre to look at. I mean, at least they kept the special K because yeah they can still say special k but but kelanova it's like telenova like i'm trying to understand how they got here and why like why do they get sued for something is it problematic no i think something's gone down in that sort of space where yeah like someone's been sued for something but i'm crazy i mean it's like when the uh cheese brand changed yeah um, that's the first thing i thought but like cheers now yeah cheers we don't need to go into red skins are called red rippers yeah yeah i mean fair enough if you if it's a fucking weird name then you need to change it but i i just thought it was random. Do you remember those milk flavored? Milker. Yeah, yeah. The other one was Sherby's. What were the milk ones called? I can't remember what the milk ones were called. Dude, they were fire. Because there was those, yeah, the milk ones and the Sherby's. No one ever talks about Sherby's. Is that what they're even called? The orange ones with the sherbet in them? Yeah, Sherby's. Oh, and Milko's. Milko's. That's what it is. Milko's. You don't see enough of those anymore. Actually, did something get discontinued? Was oh my it God, they're tales? all being discontinued, including Wait, Red Rippers. All of them? Fuck. This is a recent Reddit article. No, oh, it's no. seven years. Fuck. Three of Alan's iconic lollies, Red Rippers, Sherby's, and Milko's have been discontinued. Okay, something's happened. Someone's been sued. That means Minties are potentially on the way out because Fantails also got taken down. Damn, it's really like, it's so sad that like this, like millennial decision makers are also the ones probably doing this. What's wrong with you guys? My assumption here is that they've been ripping out teeth. Yeah, but Jesus. I reckon Minties are next. I reckon people are going to lose their jobs. I swear Fantails have been discontinued. There's something going on with textures here that people aren't liking. Yeah, it's everyone, no one wants to be liable for anything. So they're just like, you know what, cancel it all. Like, what are we going to have left, guys? This is PC gone mad (laughs) she said it i think we've hit the end here because that's literal dessert yeah ate it up anyways we'll speak to you soon